Guru Nation, welcome to episode 392 of Random Musings from the Clinical Trials Guru. In this podcast, you're about to hear me interview Dr. Al Josirely, principal investigator, physician, community oncologist. We talk about a lot of things, but we talk about doctors' involvement in clinical research and why it's so tough to get patient referrals from them. So hopefully you find something of value from this interview. I also wanted to let you know if you need help getting studies for your site, you can be a client of ours, just like Dr. Al. Just text me 949-415-6256. Also, if you're interested in CRA or CRC Academy, the links are in the show notes. Uh, If you want to learn how to improve your digital marketing for your business, for yourself, for your brand, go to my Patreon channel, patreon.com slash dansfera. It's only five bucks a month. Links are in the show notes. With that being said, hope you enjoy the episode and talk to you later. Nation, welcome back to another episode of Random Musings from the Clinical Trials Guru. I'm with Dr. Al Jazirely. Okay, I'm at one of his clinics. He's here in Southern California, California Research Institute. And we were talking a lot because we're actually going to be starting a separate podcast for the Clinical Scoop with this man right here leading the show. I will be on it as well. But we're going to do it together and you're going to be the face for the physicians to interview them and ask them questions with the hope that we get more physicians interested in research. Because as you and I were talking before, it's extremely important that more physicians enter research because the biggest issue in research is the lack of patient participation. And really, my theory, and I think you agree with me, the only way you get more patients in, interested in research is to convince their physicians that it's a good idea. Because how many physicians just refer patients to you because, you, because you're nice? For you know? research? No. But for, because I'm nice, a lot. <laughs> a lot, okay. But like for research, for research purposes, referring. referring. I'm, uh, out of my, I, I know a lot more than 50, 60 physicians in this area, one. Only, one has referred. One only referred me because I, I go and ask him directly about this is and I ask other physician about it, but most of them they are really. That's an interesting observation. So you say, this is a good point too. Outside of research, referrals are no problem. No doctors problem. refer all the time. Hmm. Why then the same doctors that will refer to you outside of research? don't refer to you for a research study? I, I, I think because of the the, the 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 view the view of the physician about research. Okay, it's experimental. You're gonna use the, the, the patient as a, a guinea pig or yeah. you know there's not a lot of education in the physician community, in the medical community or in the community practice, medical community practice about research, okay? Mm -hmm. Only certain physicians are interested in doing this and they're doing it, Mm -hmm. okay? But most of the other physicians, because of the community practice is so busy and time consuming, 
So it is very difficult to get a physician to do both research and... Yeah. What's the stigma around research from physicians? Like when you talk to your peers and you tell them, you know, like we have a few studies here, one where we're the CRO, and you tell them, hey, you know, we have this very promising, looks like study for breast cancer, you know, but what's the resistance that you're getting from these people? They don't have time to look and, uh, for, for patients, merely. They do not have time to look for patients. They do not have time to, to pick the patient or to sit and talk to the patient about the study and try to, to and why? Convince why? Them. Is there not an, an incentive for them? It's not or? incentive, but because they're just busy in their clinic, mm -hmm. they prefer like uh, they they prefer to to see twenty patients instead of seeing ten and start spending more time in explaining about research and like and the protocol and the side effect of the medic uh, of the, the treatment and all this other stuff that mm -hmm. has. A PI or as a researcher, you need to sit and spend time with the patient to explain for them. Right. So they basically, it's the time. If it's not their study, they're not going to spend the time to learn about it. Exactly. Even if it's a miracle study. But they're not convinced about it. They're not educated enough about it. They know there is research. They know research is good. Most probably they read their uh, journals from their medical association and uh, and everything, and they find out that the, there's a new medication, new procedure, new stuff coming out that helping the patient, but the, they're not participating in it. Even mm -hmm. they could have the chance to do that. And so what can we do? I mean, obviously one of our solutions is to create this podcast Right, to where hopefully, because like you said, physicians, they do like to learn, but they, they do it on their spare time. They're not gonna do it when they're working. So this is one of the ideas for the podcast. Hey, let's make something interesting. It's like an educational tool that they can use at their own time. You don't need to call them and explain. They can listen to the podcast whenever they want. But what are some of the things, uh, like what are some of the strategies to bring new physicians to your clinics because you have pretty big clinics multi-specialty now doing clinical research you, you're an oncologist but you're doing different you're branched out what are, how do you bring these physicians to join you and then we get into the issues of do you partner with them how do you compensate them you know things like that is it the same for everyone or everybody's different everybody is different okay but i think Compensation is, uh, or uh, trying to reward them about whatever they need to do. Okay, it's a, it's one of the main thing that they look at, and also educate them more about the protocol. What's the goal of this study? Why I'm doing it? It's interesting. So, from the doctors you talk to, when you in, when you talk about a new study, are they actually interested in the study? Or is usually they they're interested, yeah. but I don't see any any response by say, say, if you're interested, you send me patient. Right, right. Okay. A lot of physicians, I go and talk to them and tell them, I have this study and like this and need X, Y, Z. A, a week goes by, two weeks goes by, three weeks, I go and I said, oh, I'm sorry, I'm too busy. So you follow up? Yeah, of yeah. course. I go up and down and <laughs> go to the physician. Hey, how are you? How are you doing? We talked about this research and 
I said the protocol is still open. Why I don't see any patient from the... I'm sorry, I, I forgot I didn't have... Do you want me to send my coordinator to your office to start doing this and this and this? Yes, yes, yes. You go there. Oh, I forgot about it. It's, they're too busy. Right. They, it's time consuming, okay? So how do you... How do you, you? What strategies can you use for a busy doctor? Each physician is different from the other. Some of them, I, if they are oncologists, I can go and participate with them. Some of them, I send them my clinical uh, CRAs, try to mm-hmm. start screening their patient, finding the appropriate patient for the mm-hmm. study. Some of them, I they work with incentives and like this, try to navigate. Right. Some of them, I send my MP or PA, try to look for the right population mm-hmm. in, the, in that. See, we t- I spoke to a sponsor, and uh, Chris and I, you know Chris, we're going to be having a um, meeting with a sponsor in two weeks, a big sponsor. Okay, and what one of the things they're trying to do, and you'll probably think this is very interesting, actually. I can't name the sponsor, but it's a big one. Okay, I'll tell you after we record. It's a big one, and they're meeting with us to dis- to discuss how they can enroll more minorities in their studies. And they're, a, they're the sponsor. And I told them, hey, it's about educating those clinicians in those neighborhoods where these minorities live. That's the best way to do it. And they said they're considering even opening their own clinics in those communities just so that they can have more minorities to participate in research. And I told them, look, because there's a disconnect between these pharmaceuticals and the real world physicians. These pharmaceutical or academics, they have no idea what the daily life of a community doctor is. No idea. They have no idea what Medicare, Medi-Cal, billing insurance, $45 for like an hour. I don't know what the billing rates are. Of course, all the billing codes, right? They have no idea, but when you show them a research budget, we were talking about this earlier, you almost don't wanna show the doctor or the vendor the budget because it's like 10 times more than what they would ever think it would be, right? So I think if you if we educate more physicians, like through our podcast, about the business of clinical research, as well as the opportunities, I think you're going to have more people wanting to get in. And that improves all these issues of minority participation, all that stuff. What do you think about this? Couple of ideas. Couple of things like or, or comment about what you, what you said there. Uh, first of all, research is not a free time job. It's time right. consuming. Yeah. Okay. Enrolling patient, looking and bringing the patient like uh, Dr. Hoffman studying now. Mm-hmm. The patient is here once a week at least. Okay. If no side effect happened or anything, and and have to. Check them out, examining them, report their uh, response to the to the study, report their side effect from the study, and everything. And then you have to submit it to the. Okay, right. you have a, I have a CRA that he can do that, mm-hmm. no problem. Mm-hmm. But also talking to the patient, making sure they are okay, they are in the study. I you know that I have to take one or two patients of the study because of the progressive disease on mm-hmm. them. Yeah, I saw that today. Yeah, so. It's not just like this. So you want to find a physician that can dedicate his time to do this. Mm-hmm. And if he doesn't want to do it, but he likes to participate in a clinical trial, okay, we have to get him an incentive. The incentive could be money-wise, 
publication wise, okay, that his name gonna be on the paper that's gonna be submitted, the first or the last, it doesn't matter, but he's gonna be if he likes to have his mm -hmm. name published online, mm -hmm. okay? And uh, marketing his site more, so we can, more patient comes to him and he will have financial benefit from that. You know, it, it can be in multiple way we can do it. So it's not just one size fits all for everybody. No. And, and it's not every physician. And every physician, you, sit and, uh, you, sit, you need to sit and talk to him and see what he, he, he would like. What he, yeah. What's his best approach for yeah. him? You know, I think most just want, from my experience, most have a private practice like you do, but then they want to add a business stream, a new business stream to their practice. I think for those guys, it's perfect, but then they need to hire the coordinator and then slowly as they start becoming more successful in research, the temptation is not to do the private practice anymore, but then you lose the patient pool. So then now you're relying on other physicians to help. So it's always the same thing. You go from being the physician to learn research to now you have to bring somebody else. That's my advantage in, in, in this job. I have a, a huge pool of patients. Yeah. Even if I quit medicine, my medical clinical part, I can do my research because I have other clinics that can support me through complete care. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so I have no problem with that. And on our podcast, we're gonna teach doctors how to do this? We're gonna to talk to them. We we can help them in any way they want. If they are, if they wanna go through that clinical research, mm -hmm. okay. They they want the patient. We can refer them to the patient if they're specialists. So they want uh, more incentive financially. We can do this. We, if they wanna learn how to do the research itself, really can make them sub PIs and and uh, teaching them how to go through the whole thing and how to do the process. It's not gonna be just uh, you know. I have a clinical trial. I want you to send right. the patient. And we're going to okay. be doing PI Academy too. Oh, it's going to be so a, a comprehensive Everything, part right? of uh, education for the physician. And if they don't want to do it, they just want the incentive. Okay, yeah. they want uh, uh, just like to be part of the clinical trial. Then that we can offer that's them. a so good. In, that's good. So basically, we're going to create the opportunities. No matter what you want to get out of it, if you're a physician, there's likely to be a room for you within this that's framework. That's why we're trying to, that's why I'm trying, I have, a, I'm visualizing as in my mind mm -hmm. about how to approach this physician because as I told you, each phys physician have his own way of doing stuff. Right. Okay, have his own setting in his clinic he would like to do it. Yeah. Okay. What do you think about the people that say the days of the entrepreneurial physician are over. Now all these big, you know, Dignity Health, Kaiser are buying everybody's practice and all the physicians are become employees of these organizations. What do you think the future of research is for these community-based clinics like, like you, right? Like the mom and pop physician, the neighborhood physician that's not Kaiser or Dignity Health or one of these big groups. I mean, is that going, because like in the future, they're, they're saying that more of these physicians are gonna be absorbed by these large institutions. I know, but, but, but now being part of uh, complete care, mm -hmm. okay, that's a large institution, mm -hmm. okay? And I have enough support through them for the, the patient. So right. they're, they're gonna be their own entity, but I don't think the, the, the 
the big institution will be uh, all the medical the com the medical community care not going to be going through that direction 100%. Most probably we're going to see like uh, till now we see the Kaiser and like this buying Dignity House, mm -hmm. City of Hope, mm -hmm. uh, UCLA buying some of practices, but there's still some physicians they want to be. And those are the ones that we are basically targeting and other people watching that own research clinics are also trying to target those because you can't go to Kaiser and say, hey, let's do research together, Kaiser. You know, they they have their own IRB, they have everything. Well, well they have uh, all, all the, the setting, but mm -hmm. you can't approach them. But if you have some kind of uh, study that they cannot, you can uh, do consortium with them. That's right. That's okay. right. You don't uh, have to. So there's always opportunity. I, you have to think about it in the, in the right way. Everything have an opportunity and you need I to like find out that the right way to, do, to go through, the right thing to write to go for the physician for the big institution for everything okay if you if you if you as a CRO you have this study that nobody have it and everybody else thinks it can it may help the patient mm -hmm. okay you can go to Kaiser you can go to Dignity you can go to UCLA and tell them I have this study I think it will have a lot of results as phase one showing that better response better things better mm -hmm. outcome for the patient mm -hmm. Okay. Like the study we're doing here, maybe. Exactly. Yeah. I, 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 want, <clears throat> I want you to be part of this study, and I want to do, I want to run it for you. Oh, you can run it, okay? I will be observing it and monitoring it for you and everything. We want you as the key opinion leader. Exactly. Yeah. Now, what last thing before we wrap up, I know you got to go. Partnering with physicians. Whether you're a doctor or not a doctor, like me, or you, I'm obviously not a doctor, you are a doctor. But partnering with physicians has always been difficult for me as far as business partnership, like equity owners, right? Having a PI as a contractor or an employee has been much easier. Having them as a partner where you own the business together, much more difficult. Why do you think? Because the physician did not business people. Okay, some of physicians are business people, they can look into it, but in, in general, they're, they're physicians. They're, they're, they're concentrating, spending more of their life treating patients, dealing with patients. Okay, they're not uh, in a business savvy people, okay? They cannot go out there and start dealing with them as a business partner with you. Hmm. That's why. Hmm. You need to approach them. Each physician, you need to approach him in a way that he likes to be approached where he can talk to him about Whatever you want, business to do with him, partnership to do with him, whatever mm -hmm. you want to do with him. Mm -hmm. Do you feel like when you reach out to doctors that you don't really know in the community, do you feel that they are apprehensive about you approaching them? Maybe me as a physician, I don't see and I don't feel this. I don't get okay. this this feeling, but I think it's... Because you are a physician, so yeah. they, they see you as a peer? Yeah, but... Yeah. But I, in the beginning, before I start my research career, I used to I, I used to get approached by a lot of uh, people whose business people trying to do research through oncology and like this, and they try to approach me, and I always stay away from them because I, I I don't know them. You know, mm -hmm. it's not easy to know people, and 
you know, and and you putting patient's life. That's right. Through this kind of uh, process that you don't know it will work or not. Mm -hmm. And you don't want to blame yourself if it did not work for a patient. Yep. Especially in oncology. So it's not an easy decision for you to do or to make as a physician for these kind of patients. It's not a okay. risk you're going to be willing to take. You know, Some physician will not have this risk, will not be able, you know, they don't want to do this risk for their patient. Mm -hmm. They want to do the best for the patient as much as they know. I think this is why our podcast is going to be so good because we're going to have, they're going to know us. These physicians will know us before we ever approach them, hopefully, or they will know us from listening and want to reach out. So it takes away that uh, barrier. You know, like you said, when most business people approached you in the beginning, you didn't want to do it, have anything to I do with it. I was not like really, I didn't know a lot about research and then after start exploring it in my own, doing mm -hmm. it in my own, and I'm me, myself, approaching the companies. Okay, mm -hmm. I started in 2002, 2003, where I approached a couple of companies for my patient for growth factor, okay, mm -hmm. to improve their immune system or to improve their blood and like this, and this is how I started. Mm -hmm. And it was very successful because I protected my patient from a lot of sickness and a lot of complications mm -hmm. of the treatment that I do for them. And that's where I started doing more and more research. So we're going to do more of these for sure. This is a, like a sneak peek, but we wanted to give you clinical researchers some advice from a doctor. You don't always need to hear it from me. You hear it from a physician who does the same things pretty much every day. So sneak peek for our podcast. And uh, everybody, if you're interested in learning how to start your own digital marketing, check out my Patreon channel. It's only five bucks a month. Can you believe this? Five bucks a month. We teach you how to do all your digital marketing for you. So I think that's the future. I think uh, we explored some pretty good topics in this episode. And it's just a little taste of what's to come for the clinical scoop. You're always good at this. <laughs> Dan, you're always good at this. Know what the people want. And now with Corona, we have to do this shake. This is the new handshake. And this one. Also. And the mask. We had to take it off so you can hear us. This is a podcast. We'll put them back on. <laughs> and we got the uh, hand sanitizer here. Always be well, uh, clean, guys. Mm -hmm. right? Disinfect. Sanitize. Disinfect. Thank always. you very much, Dr. Al. Thank you, everyone, for watching and listening. And uh, we'll catch you all later. Bye-bye. So, hey, everybody. Thank you very much for listening to another episode of Random Musings from the Clinical Trials Guru. Again, if you haven't already, make sure you subscribe to this podcast. Make sure you leave a review if you could be so kind, please. Uh, and also go to theclinicaltrialsguru.com if you're interested in learning more about who I am, who some of my guests are. Uh, you can have access to some of my YouTube videos. Uh, I do a lot of videos about clinical research. So go to theclinicaltrialsguru.com and you can also call or text me anytime, 949-415-6256. Also follow me on any social media platform. It's Dan Svera. And you can also email me if you'd like, dan at theclinicaltrialsguru.com. Thank you very much.